Matthew Hoppy and Hoppy's in for Schalke. Magnificent finish. Amina Reeks run meanwhile here. Looks for Hoppy again. Oh my word! You cannot wait. This weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute. Willkommen zum einzigen Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. This is episode 128, the season review of Schalke America. And I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me, as always, co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how we doing, man? Uh, doing well. Hopefully much shorter than our typical uh, season review, because I don't think anyone <laughs> wants to uh, listen to like <laughs> a, you know, that. <laughs> yeah, it, what it typically is. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely some things to talk about and uh, put a button on this one, and then we can uh, officially begin the process of looking forward to uh, our new home in the spider Booners League next season. That is true. That is true. Uh, but before we get into this, you know, why should we bask in this uh, misery all alone? We should bring uh, someone who's uh, better at this and uh, at least knows a lot about the club, much more than we do. So uh, we'll bring in the wonderful Marie Schulte. Welcome. How you doing? Good. Doing really well. Thanks for having me again. It's wonderful to see you both and be in the same country as you both. Yeah, like we're in the same coast, actually, for once. Look at that. Woo! Yeah. Jack, we need to get you on the East Coast, bud. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. Some of those sporting events, they uh, go on pretty late when you're out on the East Coast. Uh, no, but Marie, thank you for uh, once again joining us and uh, basically bailing us out whenever we need some, <laughs> some help. Marie is always available. We really appreciate that. <laughs> what have you been up to uh, since we've last spoken? Uh, now you're obviously uh, living in New York City. Uh, yeah, what, what's been going on in Marie's world lately? Yeah, so I got a puppy uh a mini golden doodle he arrived on thursday on the ferry trails express that's a real oh. thing that's like an that's actual a bus and i got published for the first time in the us so that was very exciting wow basketball story not a soccer story um but next one that's the next one that's the next one exactly and yes yeah, just still pursuing my journalism master i'm due to graduate in august so we'll see. Oh, I negotiated down my rent. I was very proud of that. That was nice. Adult pretty good in New York City. It's the yeah. summer of Marie, apparently. It is. It's a real adult moves event. all over the place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Look at this. We got uh, some people chiming in in the chat. We got Dirk saying good evening, gentlemen and lady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matt says, uh, a happy Bochum fan. Glad there's at least one happy person here. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, it's been a long, long, arduous season for sure. Um, you know, we, you know, several things we're going to get into tonight. We're obviously going to, we're going to try to find, we did a little, we ran a little poll on Shalk America on Twitter, uh, trying to find the best 11. So we're going to try to mash a, a best 11 from this season. We're going to go with recency bias with the 3-5-2 formation. So we'll see what we come up with in there. Uh, we'll talk uh, some news uh, that came, that happened since we've last uh, spoke, which was like two weeks ago, maybe, maybe longer. Um, we'll talk uh, players we're excited for this year, player of the year, and uh, maybe even goal of the year. So, uh, uh, let's get hot into this, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, first off, I want to talk about is uh, Nabil Bentaleb, uh, a good friend of ours who didn't get much playing time. We thought we we thought he was going to be gone from us, exiled. Came back to the full a couple times, surprisingly enough. Uh, and then uh, officially, he's gone from us. Uh, he made some comments, some choice words. I guess he was talking about his side of this story. Um, uh, Marie and Jack, I don't know if you got you caught the uh, caught his comments. Uh, 
he basically said, you know, he was ill-treated. And uh, Jack, what, what was the exact words that he used? That, do you remember? I mean, we weren't, we, we, not only did we think we were, he was going to be gone, we were promised that he was going to be gone <laughs> yeah. in, in January, and that, that ultimately didn't happen. Um, yeah. Hopefully this is the last time we talk about Bentel. I mean, just, like, the content just keeps coming, you yeah. know, half season by half season, it seems like. It um, keeps on giving. Yeah, I mean, so part of the problem I've always had with, with the way these player suspensions were handled is that there there seemed to be, and maybe I missed some of this and some will recorrect me if, if you've seen anything come through, but there wasn't a lot of transparency, uh, particularly this season, uh, as to why some of these people were removed from the first team squad. And so then, you know, Bentaleb comes out now that he's kind of free and clear finally, and um, essentially claims that, you know, people like Jokic Schneider, for example, said, yeah, we're treating you unfairly and we know it. Now, is that the actual extent of the whole truth? Is, I mean, is that that's that's kind of what you know we were seeing in some of these articles. Um, you know, who, who's to say? But but when Schalke doesn't come on the record and, and kind of offer any other explanation or, or context that I've seen, it, it's kind of it's kind of hard to know what to do with that. I mean, they're not they're not like vehemently denying it or anything. So it's just it's strange. I hope that's not how it went down. Um, if it is, I mean, you know, hopefully he gets a shot with another. Team and can and can you know further his career elsewhere, but um yeah definitely uh, probably one last negative story that we didn't need heading into a new cycle here. Yeah, Marie, what were your thoughts uh, when when one of these uh, comments from Nabil came out? Uh, I mean, anything that surprised you, or it just seemed pretty par for the course? I wasn't surprised just because he's one of those players where you kind of expect that um, a bit, and I mean. It was maybe a shock to see everything contained in one interview, but upon reading it, you know, these are all things we'd heard before. We'd heard that story of him and Stevens and him, you know, his giving, you know, his his wife giving birth to their first daughter, and that's why he wasn't present in the stadium. And like that had been in the news already, like two years ago. And even just generally his reputation he and first of all he had that reputation coming into Schalke so so much for looking at the mentality of players that Schalke signs which all the sporting directors have recently claimed to have done including Heidel um and on at the end of Tedesco's tenure um I remember Bild which is kind of the most important newspaper around Schalke they basically launched their own campaign uh, coining the infamous term French connection. So basically saying there's like this whole clique and Bentaleb is like one of the ringleaders and then there's Hamza Mandil and, you know, Amin Arit and basically scapegoating all these players. And They didn't invite Stambouli to join them. <laughs> no, exactly. He wasn't in the cool kids club. No. He was not in the cool kids club. Uh, Too old. <laughs> Yeah, so like that that was something that happened. And so n none of this was that surprising. I think, yes, there's probably some truth to this. Um, but like at the end of the day, he had enough managers and coaches to work under. And you know what? If like all of them had a problem with you, then maybe you're the problem. Yeah, I mean, yes, exactly, exactly. What's a common denominator here, right? Yeah. Um, I, it's it's interesting. Like you know, we we kind of took the stance that like his comments may be true, but we also don't know the other side of the story. We don't know what you know what Schalke is saying. We haven't. They're not going to say anything more than likely. 
so you know, before we go and throw the club under the bus, you know, there are two sides to every story, and you want to, you know, you want to properly investigate both sides before you pick a side, really. But you know, his comments are something that we've heard many times, um, and not too surprising, like you mentioned. Um, I think it's just uh, hopefully, like Jack says, the end of this saga. We don't have to hear about it anymore because, as much as uh, gives us information to talk about, it's just, it gets old, right? Um, it's like that that old guy. Uh, uh, FDS we used to talk about all the time the Jack hated uh, us bringing up um, now maybe this is another guy we can just stop talking about for once and maybe you know wherever he goes best of luck uh, but it just seems like it was drama after drama with him and uh, whether it's his fault or not um, it just never ended right and a couple times we thought we were done with him and he kept coming back so yeah constant um, point of conversation I mean even though he hasn't really done anything meaningful on the pitch in, in quite yeah. a while at this point um, and whether or not that's his fault or not, I mean, like, it just, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm hoping this is the uh, the last we have to hear about anything. But I, I, I found it interesting for how, how much this tore the Schalke community apart online um, and how, how many people are, like, so defensive of Ben Taleb. I'm just kind of, like I said, I'm in kind of in the opinion, like, I don't really know what happened, and I'm, I hope we can kind of, like, stop after this. But, like, I mean, people are insanely defensive of, of him or insanely defensive of the club, and it, it's it's a strange situation. Yeah. Yeah. Lightning rod, lightning rod. Now, two players who uh, were beloved for Schalke, you know, for their in their, in their careers. Um, we kind of got them back this year, uh, hoping maybe they can help us, you know, escape relegation. Uh, I'm talking about Cola and Hunter. Uh, both of them are officially are gone are gone from the team next year. Hunter more than likely uh, retiring. Um, but yeah, Cola Sinac is gone. Uh, Huntelar is gone. Um, as much as we, the fans, had hoped that it would come back and make this wonderful comeback, right? Score goals and lead us back. You know, it was just, it is what it is, right? And, you know, they, they did their best. Uh, you know, Huntelar at times uh, had the, the glimpses of what, he, what he's capable of, right? Uh, and, and Kolasinac as well. Um, Marie, let's go back to you. What are your thoughts on both these players? Not, not just what they did this season, but, you know, in their careers at Schalke and, and how beloved have, have they been, you know, throughout their, their tenures? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel really bad for both of them because they took a big risk to come back and they already had glowing chapters in the history of the club. And now to end on a bad note through no mistake of their own is actually really sad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is what it is and credits to them for for doing that, for coming back. And... Huntelaar had a lot of injury concerns. Kolasinac was kind of employed across different positions. And yeah. they did their best. Uh, they, they both didn't deliver what all of us had, like, secretly hoped, you know. Yeah. Huntelaar, let's be honest, like, Huntelaar did not score five to ten goals, you know. And Kolasinac did not become that on-field leader that we, we wanted him to be. But... Um, who can blame them? It was they joined a sinking ship and um, they they swam as best as they could, but in the end they drowned with the team. <laughs> Jack is like you know these two players they held a special place in, in in our in our hearts and you know no one would have begrudged them for saying no I'm not going to come back to the club but you know it says a lot about both these players who took a big chance because you come back to a club you hit, you risk that chance of messing up your 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 legacy. Both these guys they they said the hell with that where I'm coming back and we're going to try to save the club. Uh, that has to go a long way in the in the hearts of uh, of all our fans, right? Yeah, I mean, and there's perhaps there's people on the ground that that feel differently about it than than you and I do. I guess the way I was looking at it when when they were returning was, um, you know, this this is an exercise uh, basically of charity by them. 
um, yeah. out of out of love for the club. Uh, you know, no one I don't think really expected the two of them to to turn things around to the extent that we would survive. And that's what we're hopeful of. They could have, you know, some sort of contribution. But uh, I don't think anyone really believed in aging aging Huntelar and Akolasinich, who you know, despite some good performances for us, um, hadn't really seen that translate consistently. You know, to Arsenal and was very much kind of floating in the wind there as it was anyway. Um, so I don't, I don't think their reputations are damaged in my opinion, at least by, by being involved in, uh, in the relegation. I, I think the fact that they, that they came at all, um, you know, to me, it only adds to their, their Schalke credentials. Um, and, uh, yeah, despite, you know, maybe Huntel are not getting the goal tally that, that, that we hoped he would, um, partially due to, you know, unavailability, unavailability due to injury. Um, but also, you know, just it's hard for anyone to score goals in this team, to be honest. Uh, but you know, even the, the couple goals that he did score, uh, to me, those were some of the emotional high points of the season as sad as that is as to say, just because there was, there was such so little to hold on to throughout the course of the season that having kind of a club legend like that, um, come back and seeing him, you know, bang a couple more in, in, in a Royal blue kit to me, to me was nice at least. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's disappointing to some extent that financial realities are forcing our hand in some of these decisions. But, um, I, I think, especially in the case, probably of Kolasinic, um, yeah, he didn't have the impact that we, he was the player we thought was probably gonna have a little bit more of an impact. Uh, it, one or two games early on where it looked like he was maybe doing something and then it really kind of trailed off and he seemed to kind of be anonymous within the squad, much like everybody else. Um, and so the kind of wages that he's on, I, I don't know if it would make sense for us to keep him uh, in the spider of just because I don't think the impact uh, was there in the half season that he had with us. So, uh, but yeah, best, best of, best of luck to both of them. I, I saw some rumor that maybe Huntelar is being invited to pursue a coaching license or something. So maybe he'll still kind of hang around. We'll, we'll see how that goes, but um, you know, just, Hats off to the legends, I guess. I mean, who to learn more than Kolasinic? But, you know, we, we, we appreciate the people that actually yeah. do seem to care about the club and, and are willing to put themselves in that kind of situation voluntarily and, and, and try to turn things around. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, Many of us, uh, well, obviously the injuries didn't didn't help uh, Huntelar's case and whatnot. But many of us dreamed that maybe you know with the signing of Taroda, maybe we have a Taroda and Huntelar partnership, or one you know one after the other. You know, if someone is sub sub for the other one, didn't happen. Uh, but you know, you know, grateful for the what the the work these two players have done for us throughout their careers, and uh, and and thankful they really took a chance and and coming back with the club and trying to help the club as best they could. Um, it was tough, obviously. It was, it was never going to be an easy thing, and it never it didn't happen. So. Um, but yeah, you know, you can't you can't fault them for at least trying. And I think really, if anything, it may it may um, add something to their legacy just a little bit. Even though they didn't perform, it the fact that they kind of gave themselves a charity, as Jack said, uh, kind of will go a long way, I think. And uh, they'll both be missed, no, for sure, right? Uh, we saw in all the accounts that you know um, the the goodbyes to both of them. So they'll certainly be missed uh, in this fight to Bundesliga next year. Um, but speaking of this fight to Liga. Yeah, we got a little. We saw some news about, um, and we kind of knew this was happening, right? It was that you know, Schalke may not have the the stable assets going into the second second division. They have to prove that because uh, you know if they don't, their chance either they get deducted or they may get dropped even further, right? And so we heard the news this week that you know they're po- possibly facing a six point deduction if they don't show that they're able to. What is a st- stable? They have stable, stable economic goals. performance requirements. I think right for the for the right. second division license. Yeah, it's whatever or, that whatever it takes the requirements to, to get that license, uh, uh, Jack. It's um, we we hope that this is going to be fine. We're not going to get the six point deduction because Lord knows we don't need a uh, more to add on to. Uh, with the six points added, 
deduction from us. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on this whole thing here? Do you think it's going we're gonna get deducted? I, I mean, obviously, it seems like they have a plan, and and you know, hopefully, we, we can avoid that. I think we we definitely need to get some of these guys out of the club and off the wage bill is, is one thing. Um, so we we need to finalize you know the sale of of Amin Harid of, of Ozan Kabak, and hopefully, you know, get a guy like Sebastian Rudy um, kind of officially untied as well. Um, it, I mean, that would be just. I mean. Once again, we're not necessarily confident that we are going to bounce right back up anyway. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good teams in the spite of Bundesliga. It's shaping up to be a pretty intriguing competition. And so the last thing that we want is, is to already be starting with that kind of like six-point handicap. That's, that's not ideal. It um, doesn't help. And, the news doesn't help with the Kabak not getting sold to Liverpool, right? I mean, that, that's what we kind of hoped was going to happen. Oh, yeah, that's so that's the whole thing is we basically swapped Mustafi for Kabak as we're trying to avoid relegation in the hopes that we'd put him in the shop window. Um, or at least that Liverpool would get him. And Liverpool's like, nah, we're good. And, and 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 now we don't know where we're gonna. Yeah, it's 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 a disaster. Um, and but then on the heels of this, we also hear uh, that that Schalke is potentially looking to uh, sell their their League of Legends spot yeah. uh, through their esports arm. Which um, I mean, I'm not gonna claim that that I am super familiar with League of Legends or if I follow to some extent. But you know, I mean, they had that miracle run a couple of years ago where they won yeah. like seven games or something in a row to qualify for the European Championships and got some buzz and have been performing well. And it's that, that's an investment that seems to have um, already grown for us significantly. And so the fact that we're being forced to potentially um, sell that and kind of abandon that project and potentially an investment that could have even grown grown further for us and would have been a nice asset um, just to kind of paper over the cracks here is, is, is pretty disappointing as well. But um, I mean, I guess you're seeing now that where, where the priorities are. I mean, it's the football club that needs to survive. So that, that's unfortunate, um, you know, for all the guys that are involved on, on, on that side of the thing. Yeah, Marie, it seems like our hands are tied with this because, you know, esports is a growing uh, venture where it seems like it's going to be made, making a lot of money, you know, uh, around the world. And so having to give up our esports, you know, kind of to stabilize ourselves and make that requirement, it seems like we had no choice. But, I mean, th- are you okay with this move? And like, obviously, we have to balance the books in the end of the day and show that we have a plan. What are you? What were your thoughts when you heard this? The news about possibly uh, selling shares or selling the esports team? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously not emotionally as strong yeah. an asset as you know, part like the Knappenschmieder, for example, yeah. or certain former players coming back as coaches. Yeah. or some players potentially going down to the second division. But like you said, it is a rare success story of recent years. And I had the pleasure two and a half years ago to actually interview Tim Schwartmann, who competes mm-hmm. under the name Tim Latka. He's, he's not a League of Legends player. He's actually a FIFA player. Uh, he plays on the Xbox. But he's one of their poster boys because he's from the region. He's a Schalke supporter. He goes to the Nordkurve. And um, that was really eye-opening. You know, I spoke with him in some hotel in the middle of nowhere near Munich airport, like basically in like farmer country. Uh, He was preparing for a match day in the virtual Bundesliga, which they do at like some local TV studios. And uh, he was going to compete against Werder Bremen, I think. And he just told me about it, you know, how all of that works, how it's completely exploding, how it's growing, how he went on a preseason tour with the players in 2018 in the summer. And he went with guys like like Bentaleb, Naldo, etc. And in to China and they the Chinese fans, like when everyone got off the bus they all ran towards him 
like he was like a superstar in China, more so than the players who, you know, at that point were Fitzmaister, like basically second in the league and had qualified for the Champions League. So that that says something about how quickly this field is growing. But you know what? Um, if it's gonna help us avoid financial ruin or avoid starting with a heavy handicap of minus six points. I mean, yeah. think about how close the top of the second Bundesliga was this season. Like minus six points is a, a huge lot. margin. That, that's and what I'm I, saying. That there's still people yeah. that seem to suggest that it's gonna that you know, yeah, we'll just bounce right back up. And we're, I mean, it's not guaranteed at all. No. No. And it's I mean, look at the quality that that's gonna be in next season. Like, if Schalke has a bad start again, as has frequently happened in the past decade, <laughs> um, you know, who's to say we won't be battling relegation? I, I know that sounds very alarmist, but this is gonna be a squad that has to find itself first. Um, there's a real possibility that just like last year, the coach, if there is a bad start, uh, the coach who has set up the team tactically will be fired in October or November. Uh, so I, I don't want to be like the doomsday um, master here, but I, I think at the moment it's it's kind of like, let's keep the ship afloat before we dream of uh, the yacht, uh, so to speak. Yeah, and, and for anybody, I mean, who's who's kind of, rolling their eyes at the whole esports division in the first place like this sale is potentially going to bring in more money than mckinney's transfer to juventus i mean yeah. so i mean t take it seriously because it's an actual it's an actual uh force and as marie just you know this, the, that anecdote about you know the reception in china i think um <laughs> certainly illustrates that to some extent it, it's it's i mean there, there's definitely an audience for those kind of things yeah, and you know, it's. Uh, I, I think what she also mentioned is that we saw there's a little connection with Bentaleb, so it's all making sense now, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, Matt Matt chimed in. He says, uh, "Was there some sort of league restriction on why the team couldn't have moved to the Park Stadion this season? Seemed like that would have helped financially, though maybe just a drop in the bucket." I mean, I would think that still you have the the bills to pay for Velton's Arena um, plus the, the the hundred million euro training facility. That doesn't really it's, it's going to be a drop in the bucket. But I'm not sure, Marie. Do you know much about why they didn't make that move to Park Stadion or, or, or the reason any any reason behind that? Sure. So the Park Stadion actually, um, if so, I went to Schalke's grounds in the summer of 2017, and there's not much of it left. Um, I know that sounds pretty shocking, but it's it's kind of been repurposed in a way. So only the main stands um, are kind of left of it. So I don't think it would function as a stadium anymore. Um, it probably wouldn't be allowed to be a stadium anymore uh, just because of how it's been redone. And I think, I mean, Schalke still has one of the most modern multi-purpose arenas in Europe, you know, yeah, yeah. so I think with ticket prices and capacity, it's probably cheaper is the wrong word, but it's 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 more efficient for them um, to to try to sell out or yeah, at least you know, money. yeah, at least you know sell forty thousand tickets maybe there than to go to a smaller venue. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because you know 
it's not, it's not surprising to hear you say that about the Park Stadium because uh, I know over here in, D- in Washington, D.C., uh, D.C. United just built this new facility and they used to play at RFK Stadium. And, you know, within a couple years of them not playing there, the place looks deteriorated big time. I mean, like, when you don't, you don't take care of the stadium full time, it's going to deteriorate to your credit. Right. And so, yeah, I know the U23s played there recently, but um, still, that you know, to have the, the possible amount of, if you get a full crowd back, you know, you'll probably make more money with Belton's Arena than you would at Park Stadium. I don't know how much it would, it would save money but that's a that's an interesting you know interesting take and interesting view to look because you know who knows i mean if you really look at the numbers maybe maybe it's beneficial maybe it's not so i mean i'm hoping that the people behind who who make who are in charge of all those decisions have looked at all of those possibilities and i'm i'm sure they did but um, i'm curious what those numbers would be you know comparing the two so you can play a game there but you have to clear away the archaeologists first that are that work most <laughs> <of the time. laughs> that's right that's right uh, all right. Um, any other news you want to talk about before we get into the actual team from this uh, past year? There's been a couple of signings, but I think we'll probably just wait on that until we have you know, a proper like transfer episode a little bit later um, in the window yeah. this summer. Didn't I hear like Danny Latsum is the captain going in next year? Yes, I believe that happened. Yeah. Also, there's um, the rumors that uh, Villarreal is interested in Amin Arid. Which yeah. yes. would be sensational for him, I think. Like, yeah. what a way to bounce back from a bad season, go to the rule, uh, reigning Europa League champions, uh, who I believe that qualifies them to play in the Champions League next season. And I think so. They, you know, they're a La Liga team. I think La Liga would be a great league for him to play in. Um, they have a very good coach. So, I mean, I, I kind of hope it happens just so we get the money. Um, but that would be, seems to me like it would be a really good story. And, um, it was circulated by Fabrizio Romano, you know, whatever we may think of him, he's definitely well known. Yeah, <laughs> we know. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, what was I just going to say? Um, oh yeah. Another team mentioned was Atalanta. That's, I think that would be a very good fit mm. for him just because what they do with talent, they can just build superstars, it seems like. And uh, he would be, you know, he could be someone who could be maybe reach his potential with Atalanta. I think Villarreal or, or the Atalanta would be good fits, I think, in my opinion. But we'll see. I mean, regardless, we just need to get him off our books. Hopefully he gets, we get the 15 million euros or more because uh, that would certainly help balance the books, I think, overall. So, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting there. And uh, we'll see if Kabak gets sold and uh, a couple of the other, these other guys, you know. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what I mean, happens. As, as Mercurial as he's been, I think there's few players I can think of that I would be more interested to watch after they've left Schalke than, than Harit, just because yep. yeah. um, it'd be interesting to see if he's actually in a, in a, in a solid squad, you know, in, in a good league with, you know, good co- that kind of thing, um, what kind of player he can actually become and, and whether some of our suspicions about this will, you know, will be confirmed. So um, if he does leave, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to be uh, watching some Villarreal games or wherever he ends up uh, <laughs> just to see if he balls out because uh, definitely showed it at times. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so let's get over to uh, let's get let's get right into the best eleven. Um, over the over the winter pause, we we took uh, this uh, nice little chart we had we found and uh, we 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 graded our players for the midseason. Uh, but this time we thought we tried a different way. We're gonna go best eleven here. Uh, we got managers, defenders, goalies. We're gonna go with the three five two formation. So I pretty much put all the players who played the most uh, this season. Uh, we can we, let's start with manager, and we'll go work our way to striker, um, and kind of pick uh, who we want to fit in this three-five-two formation. So we're gonna go three de- three defenders, two wing backs, three midfielders, and two strikers. Um, but let's start with the manager first. I'm gonna blow this up so ever, so people watching at home can watch. 
uh, watch along. Uh, let's first start with the manager of the season. We obviously had five managers this year. Um, I mean, do I have to say the names? Gross, Gramozis, who's current, Wagner, Hoop Stevens, and Baum. Um, who is our manager of the year? I mean, it's got to be Gramozis, right? I mean, it's, it's, I mean well, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Marie, I'm going to start with you. What are your thoughts on who, which manager you thought performed the best this year, uh, given everything we had to go through? I would actually pick Manuel Baum because I thought in terms of playing style, I had the most hope when they were playing under him. Uh, he got quite a lot out of the team. Uh, he was very unfortunate in that he didn't get any wins. But I thought even though Groß after him did get that victory against Hoffenheim, the team actually kind of deteriorated under his tenure. So I would say Baum, but it's a very, very low bar. You know, as as we know from we could take out David Wagner, right? This entire exercise is going to be pretty low bar for the most part, regardless of which, which position we're talking about. But yeah, Jack, what about you? What do you thought? No, I'm I'm actually with Marie on this one. Uh, I think I think Gramatis would be would be second for sure. Okay, um, but I, I do recall, you know, Richard, you and I talking about this. I think I think when when Manuel Baum was relieved of his duties, you and I both thought it was it was just ever so slightly premature. Yeah. Um, and we, we wanted to at least get him, I think, you know, to Christmas or whatever, the, you know, the break and, and see if something could happen. And I'm not saying it would have, but, um, you know, I agree. I think things definitely deteriorated under Christian Gross. I think that was, I mean, partially just that specific hire I, I, that I, I don't think ended up being the right decision. But, um, yeah, at, at times it, it looked like things under Manuel Baum were, were promising. And certainly as a personality and a figure in his active coaching style, I think, um, helped endear him to fans to some extent. Maybe that other people didn't. So I'm with Marie on this one. Yeah, you know, and, and obviously Hoop Stevens, as much as we love him, he was there for, what, two games, one real game and one, like, exhibition or whatever. So we can't really have him. Um, Gramozis gave us the most wins this season, which is, what, two? <laughs> uh, but I think, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you guys. I mean, I think we saw a lot of promise with Manuel Baum um, there. We saw the most, I guess, uh, change – um, technically, where you could saw we were actually trying certain things. So I, I'm gonna go with you there with Manuel Baum uh, as the manager of the season. He had the most time, but uh, yeah, I think we saw a lot of promise, like Jack, like you mentioned. So uh, I'm, I'm just laughing that. that once again that manager of the year is even a category that's up for. I mean, like, the fact <laughs> that there's that many people to choose from. In and that's the sad part. Sad but third. true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh well another thing we didn't think we were going to be talking about is goalies right uh we actually had three goalies this year um obviously frederick nov obviously ralph fairman and and michelle langer so um michelle langer uh, held a, a special place in our hearts the guy who never gets to play got to play a few games uh but between runov and uh and uh fairman the votes came in fairman won the votes online but what are your what are your guys what are you guys thoughts on it jack i'll start with you first it's tough because there's definitely times where I, where I really like what I see from Frederick Ronov and and it just down down the stretch it was it was all kind of Fairman at the end and obviously he has the more kind of club identity and, and brand in that sense. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm struggling for this one. I, I'm I'm probably gonna go. What, what was the even playing time split? Like, I mean, do, do we know like what percentage yeah. of minutes these guys had relative so to one me, another? Yeah, let me look at here. So I'm uh, looking at the minutes here on who scored. Uh, ba -ba -ba Let's see. Uh, Frederick and Nov had 945 minutes. And 
Fairman had 1878. So it was significant. It was almost double. More than so, double. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm going to just go with Fairman for that then, just because of having that kind of lion's share of, of the time. Uh, it's maybe not as much of a fair fight. But like I said, I, there were times where I really liked what I saw from, from runoff in, in certain areas. So Yeah. Marie, would you agree? Yeah. I, I felt really sad for Renov that he got... Uh, demoted by Gross when Gross arrived because he had Runoff had been very solid under Baum, but Gross, I mean, he was really honest about it. And in, I think in a press conference, he was just like, I want a loud guy who is a leader in goal. Like, he didn't say anything about sporting reasons, um, which from the get go, that was one of his biggest four pass. Also, the fact that he like didn't know his players' names, I think. We all remember <laughs> Chan, Chan, Chan Erdogan and um, and uh, what was it? Ale, was Alfonso Shop or something? I don't even remember. The, the, no. the, Chan, the, the Chan Erdogan one is just brutal. Oh my that god! One is, no, Mas, oh Massimo, my god. Massimo, Massimo Shop, right? Massimo was... Oh my gosh! I forgot about those. I forgot about those. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you're welcome. Um, oh. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm, I think Ralf Fairman for me as well. Yeah, I think I think it's a no-brainer. I think too. Uh, I mean, Frederick Gnov, super talented player. You know, he probably did himself well with us just because he got faced a lot of shots and proved that he's got you know really good <laughs> skills. But Fairman, he, he's good and he is the leader and he was the loud vocal one. That's who we needed. We need someone. And we knew we, Jack and we talked about this on a podcast when that move kind of happened. It was like we knew the, we saw Benjamin, Benjamin Stambouli come back and we saw Fairman come back and we knew it was because of leadership. We needed something in there to kind of give a rah rah with the guys. And, and it makes sense. And, you know, he played the most minutes. He played well when he was in there. I, I can't say that many goal, most of the goals were not his fault. There were a couple blips, but Renov had the same thing. So, um, yeah, I, that, that's a no-brainer to me. Um, the difficult one now, we have to pick with the defenders, three defenders. Uh, and, and I'll tell you the names of the guys in the grouping here. Uh, we got uh, Nastasic, Kabak, Sane, Tiao, Becker, and uh, the ringleader, Mustafi. Mm-hmm. Um Marie, I'll go with you first. Uh, of these six gentlemen, uh, which is the first defender you're going to go with? So if you look at the polls, and I'll tell you who the polls, uh, Becker and Tiao won the vote for the, for the, for the poll. So let's leave that there. Yeah, that, those are going to be my first two. I don't know how much of that is due to like their Knappenschmiede sympathy bonus, but I thought they were both decent, especially Becker developed well this season. I think Tiao has, the mo- has more talent you know uh, more natural ability but becca if anything made a bigger jump this year so they both had a decent time but I w- it was funny i was actually looking at the kicker mag- uh, magazine uh ratings before our episode today and you know in germany it's always between one and six with six being the worst and one being the best and there was no player no on-field player with an average score better than a four. <laughs> so Yikes. I was like, that was like a something of an awakening. But yeah, I would, I would go with those two. And then my third one would probably be Nastasic, just because he was the most, he got the most minutes. And uh, I know Sunny was out for a lot of it. Mustafi yeah. was just terrible. And Kabak also had a lot of like shaky Kabak if anything played better in, at Liverpool um, yeah yeah no dangerous red cards or anything like that 
Jack, uh, what about you? You agree about Tiao and Becker, and then would you yeah, agree about the sure. third person? Yeah. Those those two are, are no brainers. For I mean, for the reasons that that Marie mentioned, I think Timo especially, uh, it was kind of uncertain what his role was going to yeah. be positionally, and also just kind of in terms of whether he was starting or not. Um, especially once you saw Manuel Baum come in and him bring in Kylian Ludwig um, as well, that was kind of a failed experiment. But not his fault. I mean, the personnel wasn't there. But ultimately, we saw Timo Becker did kind of play his way into the squad, and then ultimately became one of our most consistent performers. Um, it's not that these two guys were without sin. I think there's just so many moments, especially early in the season, when you're looking around and you can point to so many people making individual mistakes. And I think in, in this case, it wasn't who's the best; it's who was the least worst. If that makes yeah. sense. And, and it's like, I think those two had fewer poor moments than basically anybody else. Uh, Mustafi was exactly what we thought he would be. And, and I'm, I hated that it worked out that way, but Richard and I hated that, that, that move when it happened. Um, you, you'd kind of think it might be Ozan Kabak, but as you said, prior to his move to Liverpool in January, he hadn't had a good half of the season anyway. No, I mean, he had no. been disappointing and certainly had not lived up to his promise. I would imagine Sané would, would probably make this list if he hadn't been injury-ridden all season because he is a solid defender. So I would agree with Marie once again. I think it's probably those three guys. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to agree with, with both of you as well. I think, um, you know, Sané, if he, he had been there, he probably would have been in the in the top three, but um, he wasn't. And I think Nastasia, just the fact that he was there and got the minutes and I didn't put Sambuli in this because he was in the midfield, but I think Nastasic would have been ahead of him. But I think, you know, of all the players we had this season, you know, honestly, I think Tiao and Becker are probably the most consistent, you know, the, probably the best players overall in terms of consistency standpoint. And so I thought those two were no-brainers for me, not just because of Kanabashmita, but, you know, for sure that they're, they're playing on the field. Uh, you never heard – I mean, there's a time – I forget what couple games it was, but you know Mustafi was the center back and and Becker was the right back, and he's like, you know, get out of the way. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend the play, here. Yeah. which I thought was funny because you know I was like I, I'm I'm I can do this. You can't get out of here. Uh, <laughs> so you know Tiao and Becker for sure, and then Asasi. So I'm cool with that back three there. Um, and I think uh, you know as as the votes said, you know Tiao and and Becker were the the, the highest rated uh, players, and so yeah, uh, makes makes perfect sense to me. Uh, moving on to the wing backs, so you get to choose two wing backs here. Uh, looking at the names here, uh, we're going to go with uh, Massimo Schopf, uh, <laughs> Bastian Ochipka, Hamza Mendil, Kylian Ludwig, Kola Sinac, Aidan, and Chalanolu. Uh, two of the guys had had less time than anybody else, so I guess Kylian Ludwig as well. But uh, we had to pick two guys here, one for the right, one for the left. Jack, uh, you pick a right sider. Oh, you pick one of the pick one of the sides. Here's my problem is I don't – I mean – I don't know if we can pick this in terms of where they actually play. I just don't know if it, like, there's yeah, people to it, justify it's hard. it. It's hard. I mean, so one of them has to be Ochipka, and that's just by minute share and how consistent of a fixture he was back there. Um, not that I, you know, necessarily. No, like no Hamza. No Hamza. No, no Hamza. Uh, Killian. I mean, appreciate him coming out and, and playing his trade, but just wasn't of the level required. Um, I, so I, for me personally, I'd say probably Ochipka and Kolasinac. Uh, honorable mention, Iden, just for what he did at the end of the season. Um, and if he had been playing longer, perhaps he would have, you know, made more of an impact. It's just tough for me because, like I said, Kolasinic didn't have the impact that I expected. So I, I kind of feel like I have to pick him for various reasons. But there's just there's just not a lot of options here for me. Yeah. Marie, uh, how about you? What are your thoughts? I, I guess it depends how strict we want to be positionally because, yeah. I mean, do we want to have two left wing backs? Because if we don't, then I would give it to Chalanoglu and uh, Okchipka. Um, cause I think Chalanoglu, I mean, he definitely showed he has the potential to grow into like Bundesliga caliber. I think he was sh shaky at times, but he also had some really good moments. And, um, yeah, I mean, that is a spot on the squad where we have like no one. 
you know? Yeah. And the shocking thing is we knew that going into the season. So like, what does that say about the people in charge? But yeah, I mean, when you don't have a Swiss army knife, like Weston McKenney to fill those, plug those holes anymore, you gotta go to the Knappenschmieder. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and Matt's chiming in. He says, uh, Schoff's the only other Shaka player going to the Euros. Uh, Frederick Renov also, Matt mentioned that uh, Frederick Renov is going to the Euros with his performances from Shaka. I guess. Uh, Denmark is, I guess he's with Denmark, right? I forget where he's at. But, um, yeah, you know, it's hard. To, if you want to make this a realistic team, you know, have someone actually who can play left and right. Um, Ochepka, I mean, just because the minutes, sure minutes that he had, um, you know, Chalanolu didn't play as many minutes and neither did Iden, but... Honestly, I like what I saw from Aydan at, at down the stretch, and I'm, I want to see what he does next year. And if he plays our right wing back uh, position, he I mean he helped create a lot of chances. The couple, the few games that he got in there, I mean, I'm almost inclined to put Aydan in there just because it is tough. I mean, none of these guys played well. Kolasinac played a little bit of central defender, uh, central uh, defensive midfielder as well. Um, Ochipka, I mean, I think he has to be in there. Um, but I, yeah, I'm hopeful for Aydan next season. But I, I'm with whatever. Um, it doesn't matter to me, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, who do you want? I mean, let's let's be positionally strict. Let's go with that. Let's go with uh, okay. yeah, yeah. That, that's, that works that's for me. Way. That that's works for me. All right, uh, midfield three. Uh, we got pick three from the midfield here. We got uh, Amin Harit, Benjamin Stambouli, Bazduan, Bentaleb, Mascarel, um, Merkan, Idrizi, Serdar, Flick, uh, and that's all of them. Wow. Ja um, yeah, Jack. Yeah. Uh, once so once again, I'm kind of torn between like minute share and just like impact. Uh, so I, yeah. So Harit's obviously one of them, um, and yeah. you know inconsistent at times, but but ultimately consistently the guy that can can potentially break things open just by his sheer force of will at times. And so let's look um, at the remaining like this, right? Yeah. Not only uh, not only the best performance this season, but who would make the best eleven right now? I mean, if, if you know if you had your best eleven right now, who would that be on it? That's probably easier to. to to grasp around because none of these guys had good seasons. Hari, it's so hard. <laughs> Harit, Bozduan, Serdar, Flick. Maybe, maybe it's easy too. I don't even know. I mean, it's, it's so, it's so recent, but like, I, I wasn't stoked with Mascarell all season. He was, he was all right. I mean, but Bentaleb didn't Bentaleb even play. Yeah. Stambouli, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, no. Um, Merican didn't play either, really. really. Not really, yeah. We wanted I to mean, see him. We didn't see a lot of like Bougelab. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have gotten limited minutes. This, this is this is harder than I actually anticipated it would be. Yeah, <laughs> Marie, what about you? Any, any strong disagreement? Do you? I mean, do you want to keep like Mascarell in there? People like I'm not. I'm not gonna fight you on it. Well, I was gonna say like let's just empty the whole row, you know, and just, <laughs> just like just play with one midfielder. It's or we keep like, the youngsters. We like, keep uh, Idrizi and uh, or, or you know Flick yeah. and uh, Bazawan maybe. I was actually gonna make a case for Idrizi. I know he had very yeah. few games, but he showed something. <laughs> um, so I think he should be our wild card. Okay. Oh, look at those four. I mean, I'm, I'm all right with any of those. So I'll leave it to you guys to make the final cut. I think we're partial here at Shalk America to Bazdawan. Uh, even though Flick's shown some amazing stuff here at the end of the season, Jack, uh, what do you want to go, Bazdawan? Let's go Bazdawan because I'm going to talk about Flick in a minute with something else. So, yeah. All right. Ooh. All right. All right. Sorry, moving on to the strikers now. Did you? Katucci, he is actually the first one on there. So there, we had more strikers than any, any other position here. So uh, we got Katucci, Rahman, Buyla, I put Buyla up here, Hoppy, 
Uh, Ibisevich, even though he's there for like 10 seconds. Uh, Ut Paciencia. Um, I forgot this kid's name already. <laughs> Robbie uh, Matondo? Robbie Matondo. Schuller. A Welsh wizard? How dare you, sir? <laughs> Skripski and Huntelar. We got to pick two. We got to pick two here. And I mean... <laughs> That was already my, my favorite moment of the My bed Matondo. My bed Matondo. Maria, if you had to pick a striker, who would it be from this uh, big group of players here? Matthew Hoppy, of course. He's, I mean, yeah, like, he, he did lead the real. team. Six goals, yeah. 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 I think we could take out Abisevich, right? <laughs> <laughs> seeing him there was jarring because I already completely forgot that was a I thing that was two lifetimes ago. Another failed experiment. Jan Schuller, I mean, Jan Lucas Schuller, you know, as much as we wanted to see more of him, we saw, what, maybe two appearances of him. So, I mean, he's got to go off. As much as we love a hyphenated last name here on yeah. Schalke America, can't Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, okay, so it's 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 Matthew Hoppy. And honestly, I mean, like I don't even care if people are mad about that. The guy scored more goals. I mean, like six goals. He, 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 he led just, the team. He he just did. And, and I I will maintain that I I feel like when the offense is clicking and he gets fairly clear cut chances, he's demonstrated he's a reliable finisher. He he's, won he's, the vote by eighty three percent over anybody else. So I mean, <laughs> it was yeah. a landslide. So everyone um, else agreed too. I mean, Katusha you can't pick because he wasn't on this. I mean, Rama had a lot of minutes early on, but I wasn't a huge fan. For me, the other the other option it, it's either like Paciencia or Huntelar for me personally. Yeah, Matano's got to go. Uh, Marie, what are your thoughts? Oh, you already said Hoppy, obviously. Um, Ut, I think started out the season very well. Um, he was the only guy really performing at the beginning, uh, but then once everybody else started playing better, he got injured and then he wasn't the same again. Um, so I'm not gonna pick Ut just for that. I would have loved to see more of Paciencia myself. I, I'm inclined to go Huntelar. Just because, you know, we had a, a more of a resemblance of an offense with him there. Not that it was his fault or not, or his reason or not, but, um, you know, he was second in our voting as well. Skripsky did nothing for us. Uh, Buyala we had a lot of hopes for, but uh, I would say Huntelar. Any disagreements there? Nothing. Okay, yeah. Jack, I'm are you not, not going to say Kutuchu, Jack? <laughs> we want to, but we can't. That's, that's hard. <laughs> you know, you know how hard it is for me. I, mean, I can't, they, they didn't play for us this year, which what which I which I still don't understand. I mean, I guess I once again the kids. I guess he's just not as good as we think he is. But um, yeah, I mean, like and Hutalaga said, even so, even so, did did bag a couple goals. I thought was useful in link up play at times, um, and, and helped bring people into you know some counterattacks and, and other things. So, and just for I nostalgia's mean, sake, isn't this kind of sobering? Looking at this team, because this is really not a very good team at all. Let's yeah, so to recap, so everyone can know where we're at, <laughs> uh, even though some people listening to us. Uh, so our manager of the season is uh, is Manuel Baum, just slightly over Gramotzis. Our goalie is uh, Ralph Fairman, obviously. Uh, we went up the back three of Timo Becker, Malik Tiao, and Matija Nastasic. Our wing backs are Aiden on the right and Ochipka on the left. Midfield three of Idrizi, Bazduan, and Harit. And then the strikers are Matthew Hoppe and Klaas-Jan Huntelaar. That's our top. <laughs> That's it's a, it is sobering. I mean, yeah. no, Murray, you're at, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, and I think the other thing is how quickly we just dismissed so many of those people. As it wasn't even difficult to like, oh, yeah. this person might be in contention. Yeah. Just, nope, not good nope, enough. Nope, not, nope, not, nope, I mean, nope. How 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 bad is that? Especially for a guy like Suat Serdar. Um, yeah. That that like Idrizi can walk in. That that Bosduan who you know hasn't lit the world on fire can, can be in there over him. I mean, that's got to be super disappointing. Uh, I think that's probably the most disappointing player looking at it right now Yeah. Uh, on the whole. Would I you agree? 
I would agree. Maybe alongside with Mascarel as well, who, yeah. you know, was a captain once upon a time and yeah. um, on the verge of becoming an international for Spain. And no, 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 no. I would throw in Kabak as well because he had such a pretty good year the year before. He was arguably our best defender of the year, the year prior. Uh, he comes into this season with a lot of high hopes and really, I mean, granted, the players around him did not help, but. I mean, he had he had issues with you know his uh, discipline, you know, getting red cards, getting silly plays, ca- causing you know penalties in the in the in the in the field, and it just it wasn't a good season for him at all. I thought he he struggled mightily, and you know, uh, we was hoping that he went to Liverpool and he would resurrect, but it didn't didn't quite happen for him. But you know, best of luck to him. I think he has a lot of potential. It's just that uh, maybe we broke him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, and one of the things we kept saying all season was like, you know, there is enough talent in the squad to stay up. It's not that bad. And I think that may have been the case if we had had a full season, you know, or most of a full season of like a back three of Ozan Kabak, Salif Sane, Malik Chow, had those guys as a unit consistently. If Suat Serdar had played better and Harit had been consistent, we had Serdar and Harit like all season long and, you know, and had some health up top, maybe it would have been better. But no, you're right. I mean, looking at it now, it's not difficult to understand why we're in the position we're in. Um, I mean, some of the guys that ultimately make that that final XI for us, it's, it's, it's pretty surprising. These, some of these names we weren't really familiar with at the start of the season. So I'm going to throw out some stats here that were mind-blowing to me because uh, look at first, uh, uh, most appearances this year, it was Amin Harit, most starts, 25, most games overall, 28. Uh, that was that was eye-opening to me. I didn't think that was the case. I felt like he was sat out a couple times. Um, in terms of minutes, only one person cracked the 2,000 minutes. Obviously, it's going to be Amin Harit by almost 200 minutes more than the next person, which is Suat Serdar. Uh, goals, uh, Matthew Hoppy led the way with six goals. Next closest is Mark Ut, three. I mean, Harit, two, and, and Rahman, two, and Huntelar as well. Uh, assist, I mean, Harit led the, led the way with five. Next closest was Ochipka with two. Uh, yellow cards, uh, Mascarell, uh, six. Benjamin Stambouli, five. And Mark Ut actually had five as well. Uh, and then we had two red cards this year with a. Uh, with Tiao and, and Kabak. So. Oh, Chipka being second in assists is shocking considering that's a player that we always were criticizing yeah. for not getting further up the field consistently and, and helping out in some of those. So the fact that he actually had that that stat line is pretty interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, Renee's jumping in. He says, uh, we had no good right back at all season, not a single winger in the squad who is anywhere near Bundesliga level, horrendous squad building. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we, that's what I was like, well, that's why we put Iden in there because like no one was good enough this year. And we saw little glimpses of him at the end of the season. We're like, Let's see what he does next year in that position. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, so, and hi. How you doing, Renee? We see you. <laughs> Thanks for jumping in, man. I love it. Um, okay, so that's our that's our best 11. Um, <laughs> well, this season was a drab. Uh, let's, let's pick two players from this team, this current squad, who we're most excited for uh, going into next year. Yeah. Um, Jack, I'll let you start with this. Uh, this is kind of your brainchild. Who, who are two players you're most excited to see next year? Yeah, I wanted to try to end on a positive note and have some optimism after we just discussed that. <laughs> so, I mean, f- for me, first and foremost, the player I'm most excited to keep an eye on and watch next year is, is Florian Flick. Recent emergence into the squad, but um, somebody who I thought was very impressive in, in limited minutes um, looked fairly composed despite his inexperience and, and um, you know, really caught the eye. So, that's one to watch, and and I would I would imagine there's a chance he gets a decent run in the side next season. Um, if we see a return of one Ahmed Katuchu, and he's in and he's involved next year, it's gonna be mine. But we don't know exactly what's going on with yet that yet. That situation could still be. <laughs> there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Free Katuchu, baby. Yeah. Um, and then uh, 
if not that, I'm actually. I think it actually might be. Uh, it might be Hoppy, if if he stays too, just because. Yeah. Like I mean, okay, if we can put the madness of the season behind us and we have you know an actual competitive squad for the level we're at next season and a reasonably competent offense. Um, I would be interested to see how he performs with a more consistent run in the side and getting some starting minutes too. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's good shots. Marie, how about you? Similar. So for me, it's also one, well, I guess two Knappenschmieder players if we count Hoppy, but definitely Hoppy if he stays. I think that's a big if, especially since his call up to the American national team. And let's not kid ourselves. Like right now, it's commercially a very, very fabulous idea for teams to to buy American talent. Yep. And uh, he, like like you said um, earlier, like he is a proven finisher. And to score six goals in such a terrible team is no easy feat. I mean, even though he had that long dry spell, it's he still did very well. And the other player for me is Idrizzi. Um, I thought he had some really good, um, yeah, really good moments. And he's currently building up his confidence playing for the Kosovan national team, which is pretty cool, you know, at his stage of his development to be internationally capped. So those are my two guys. I'm actually, I'm super excited to see what uh, Simona Tarolo can do for us. I mean, he is mm-hmm. he is a perennial 20-goal scorer in spite of Bundesliga. Hopefully he keeps that up <laughs> with us. We'll see. It's to be determined. We need to have some, uh, surround him with some talent, right? But uh, I'm excited to see what he potentially could bring to us. If he can, you know, bring us some consistent goals, you know, who knows? I mean, the, the, the confidence with us could only, could only go higher, right? Uh, so I'm hoping to see, you know, that he bag- bags some goals and, 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 and hits a 20-goal mark again, right? Um, another player for me, I mean, you guys mentioned a lot of good players already. And, uh, man, that's, it's hard. I, I want to see Bozduan get more opportunity. I think we, we saw some glimpses of him. He has some good ball presence when he has the ball. He, has, like, he doesn't overreact. Uh, he's very calm on the ball. And I'm kinda, I kind of see how, you know, with some less pressures of the Bundesliga on him and more consistent pitch time, obviously you want to see the free Katucci move and keep going. But uh, you know, Bozduan's another player who we, we were hoping to see a lot more this year, and we didn't get that opportunity. And uh, so hopefully next year... Uh, him along with the other players, we get to see uh, massive improvements and hopefully a much better performance on the pitch, much better product. But I think any of these players, if they have a good season next year, that'll be yeah. good for all of us, right? It, it, I don't know if you would play like Bosduan and Idrizi at the same time, but yeah. the idea of a midfield three of like Bosduan flicking Idrizi is very interesting to me. Just just to see like what that would look like. As he looked at Marie, Marie, Marie likes where we're going with this too. So. Uh, that would, hopefully we get we get a couple opportunities to take a look at that next year. Yeah, uh, Renee jumping in says uh, thoughts on Palson and Latza as the pivots. Uh, he personally gets very intense Neustadter and Holger vibes from that. That'll be interesting to see. Um, obviously, uh, we talked about Latza being the, the captain for the, for the squad next year. It'll be interesting to see what those two can do together. Uh, I'm curious, you know, how Gramozzi's changes the tactics, if at all, or keeps it the same going into next year. Um, he obviously is very familiar with the Svita Liga. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious how the team, you know, they, they ended on a good note, I think. And it, it would have been, I'm kind of glad Clone didn't get the, uh, get relegated because that would have been a difficult team, another difficult team in, in, the, in the second division. Uh, so that helps out. But, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, I think, no matter what we do. Uh, getting off to a good start is going to be important because I think we get off to a bad start. Uh, it could get those vibes all over again 2020 one, one more time. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, 
Hooger is not a name that I've thought of in a while. So that was that was a blast from the past <laughs> right there. Bro. Big blast from the past. Big blast from the past. Uh, Neustadter we talked about recently, I feel like. Uh, anyway. We, we um, did for some reason. We mentioned him. I don't, I don't know why what. we did. But yeah, we, t- we talked about him recently. I don't know what that was. Yeah, I don't know what it was about. Uh, let's see. If we had to pick our player of the year, uh, it's a difficult year to do. Uh, but, you know, most consistent player, whatever you want to call it, uh, who would you go with? Um, Jack, I'll start with you on this one. You know what? This might be this might be aggressive, but it's Mustafi, Timo, Timo Becker. I like it. Timo like, Be- it? like I know that that's going to be like probably an obnoxious pick to some people, and I I could I'm not going to, and I would agree with them if they said that. But at the same time, once again, it's just in a season where everywhere I looked, somebody was disappointing me constantly with <laughs> almost whatever they were doing. It yeah. was very rarely him. And, you know, played a couple different positions and was just consistently very solid. I think in, improved over the course of the season, especially going forward. And, and, and uh, it, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 obviously, Harit's going to get a lot of shouts and, and, and should. Um, and you could even throw Hoppy in there, too, yeah, potentially. I don't know. But for me, it's just like I, I valued the guys that I thought were reliable in a season where there wasn't a whole lot of consistency. Interesting. Renee's jumping in and says uh, he thinks Harit or Fairman for him. Uh, Marie, what are your thoughts on player of the season? Do we have any players that manage to escape and go on loan and do well elsewhere that we can nominate for this? <laughs> Katucha didn't. I know that. I, we, we, we monitored him closely and he did McKenny. not. McKenny. McKenny? McKenny did actually. McKenny, McKenny is my player of the season. <laughs> Shock America. Shock America. There it is. Uh, Valerie says uh, Harit Becker and Hoppy. Uh, McKinney's future transfer fee is the player of the season. Tech Petty had a good season. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, that's a good shout. There you go. Uh, Kenny says uh, last time Serdar was good was against Gladbach last year when we oh won. Oh my god, that's so true. Yeah, that was the I last that time game. anything was good. Basically. That, was, uh, that is true. That is true. Uh, McKinney, so for me, uh, ooh, man, um, I like. There's a lot of good shots in there. I'm gonna go Malik Tiao. I think he's very surprising for me, and he was very consistent. He seemed only. He seemed comfortable any position he played, and uh, whether it's left back, center, central defense. Um, yeah, he had that one red card, but I think overall he was pretty consistent in, in, in the in the season. Him and Becker both. Um, maybe because he's more surprising than anything else. So yeah, I mean, all good shots. I mean, none of them are really good. None of them, you know, I mean, they're they're just, uh, the most consistent, I guess we can say. But it's it was hard. It's a hard hard one to pick. Um, Another hard one to pick is goal of the year. We had like what seven goals this year, so should be fairly easy from that standpoint. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first on this one with the goal of the year. I'm gonna go with recency bias. I'm gonna go with Matthew Hoppy. Uh, his last goal against uh, Eintracht, uh, where he opened his. Uh, it was a breakaway from like midfield. Opened up his hips and got a far corner. I mean, he was telegraphing it completely, but he got it past the keeper. Uh, that was my goal of the year. Uh, Marie, do you have a goal of the year? Yeah, Any- I would go with. Uh, the Hoffenheim Schalke game because that was the only one that really like got me out of my seat really <laughs> happy and um, that I, I forget which out of the two it was because they were both quite similar but the one-two combination between Arid and Hoppy where uh, um, Hoppy at the end curves around the goalkeeper and then slots it second in one. second one yeah that's my goal of the season just because it was beautiful like team play and actually looked good um yeah yeah you could but I mean, you could choose any of those i'm actually going to go with ray here uh it's i think it's hoppy's third um and it's because Chip. i mean it's, it's a nice move from harit he just goes very direct kind of attacks 
towards the center um, of the box, and Hoppy kind of cuts diagonally in front of him, and uh, he plays a nice ball. And it, it, like, I don't think Hoppy even picks up his head. It's kind of a blind finish, but he, he chips, yeah, chips it to the right of the keeper, and kind of knows exactly where to go with it. And so that was once again just an example. Like you know, when you get him in a decent situation, he seems to be a, a fairly decisive and reliable finisher so far. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want, and he he just mentioned Mark Oot's free kick as well. So if you want to go back all the way to that, like you know, pre pre injury Mark Oot yeah. potentially, you could you could give that that that's fair. Yeah, so not many goals this year to talk about. Two handfuls, really, but uh, there were some good ones in there uh, get, for get, sure. A Gatsby, a Gatsby sighting right before we sign off. Love there that. There it is. There it is. Uh, looks like we have one last question before we sign off. Uh, it comes from um, Mulaye and says, uh, will we get any parachute money from the Bundesliga like they do in the Premier League for the next couple of seasons? I don't think so. Um, but, Marie, you might know more than both of us. Uh, do the, does the Bundesliga hand out money like that, like the Premier League does for teams that get relegated? Parachute I don't. Money. I don't think so either. I've never heard that. I don't think so either. Yeah, that's a new new one for me. So, all right. Uh, it's been a long, long drab season, right? Um, filled with many downs, not so many ups. But we had to. I think that the big thing that sticks out for a lot of people is that four nothing win against Hoffenheim because we ended the duck. Right. Uh, it was so surprising. We thought we would get a win here or there, but four nothing was like, whoa, where did this come from? Right. We haven't <laughs> seen this all season long, but uh, doubly crucial because of that Tasmania streak as well. So, yeah, yeah. Big, big on a couple of mm-hmm. levels for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's wrap this one up. I think it's been uh, it's hard to talk. We somehow got an hour's worth for the season review. Um, uh, yeah, not 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 the great to talk about anyway. But, Marie uh, already regrets coming on. <laughs> so do I. I and I, I regret coming on, not her coming on. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, keep tuning in each week. Is uh, well, see, we're not going to come back for a while. Actually, it's the summertime, and unless some big breaking news happens, uh, obviously the Euros are going on right now. But uh, once the season kicks back up, Jack and I will be back. Uh, we will be in the Svita Liga. We'll probably do a preview, maybe with the uh, Svita Liga podcast with Matthew, Matthew Karagic and Eva. I forgot her last name. <laughs> Eva. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so. That's that. Um, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you sign up for the Shaka US newsletter. 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 I got animals in this we're talking about. I'm just all out of here. I'm ready to be done with, this, with the, the podcast for the summer, okay? <laughs> uh, just put in your email address to get the email updates once a month. Uh, I don't know how to do it in the summertime, but yeah, get, definitely sign up for the Shaka US, US newsletter. Uh, we'd like to thank Shaka for providing us tidbits throughout the season for our podcast. Uh, very, very grateful to them. Uh, giveaways. Uh, there were some giveaway winners we want to do mention. Um, Francis Francis won the grand prize of the signed jersey. Other winners are Toby Gillis, Adam, Adam. Uh, who else was in there? Uh, George Jose is another winner in there. Uh, we'll retweet the winners again. Uh, there is a fourth winner too, but or fifth winner I should say. But the name's escaping me. But uh, you know, thank you to everyone who who uh, jumped into the giveaway that we had. Uh, it was a lot of fun. A lot of good giveaways here to end the season on on a positive note. Try to get some good karma going into next season. So uh, we'll do more. Do more with the uh, the giveaways. We'll, we'll try to get more, some more interviews going into next season as well. So. Um, we also want to thank Marie, obviously, joining us on the podcast tonight and helping us several times this year. Uh, you're like the unspoken third member of our team here. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Marie, will, will the Bundesliga minutes continue into the summer? That's, if you want to pitch people those. People want to know. Oh, yeah. So there's going to be soon on my weekly Bundesliga show, Bundesliga Minutes on YouTube, there's going to be a special edition that introduces the German squad. Um, so just the different team members who could who's good at combining with whom and it's a good introduction to guys like Christian Günther 
where perhaps you're like, who is that, you know? Um, and yeah, you should keep an eye out for that. But thanks for asking about it. It's definitely going to happen. Um, we'll just make it about German, Germany in the yeah. Euros rather than the Bundesliga. Yeah, we try to retweet those whenever we see them. So make sure you uh, tune in and check that out and support Marie as well. And as, as, as I mean, just because she does great work in general, but also as a thank you for, for her supporting us mm-hmm. um, over the season because we always appreciate it. So. 100 percent and uh you know if you want to support us uh you can please go to teespring.com slash shock america buy some merchandise i mean come on now why wouldn't you want to do that right uh jack where can our followers find you on social media at jm mangan j-m-m-a-n-g-a-n on twitter that was the fastest you said it all year you got it right look at you Pe- Didn't mess peak up. form right for the end of the season <laughs> peak form right at the end of the season uh you can follow me at r underscore k-h-a-r-m-a-n for Marie, for Jack, uh, and for everyone else, thank you for listening this year. Enjoy your summer. We'll be back in this fight the Liga, finding some way to watch the games here in the States. Uh, until then, Luke Alf. <laughs>